Hi everyone, and welcome to the Dance Teacher Pep Talk. I am your host, Amanda, and I am so glad you are here. This is a space for dance teachers and anyone interested in teaching dance who is looking for motivation and fresh ideas. As teachers, we spend our days motivating and giving pep talks to our students. And now this podcast is a pep talk just for you. We hope that it helps to ignite new ideas and even work through some deep dance-related thoughts before you head into the studio. Thank you for your support, and now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Dance Teacher Pep Talk. Since we are still working on our Back to Dance series, today's Back to Dance episode is going to be about preparing to enter the space. So on our last episode, we talked about preparing ourselves for success and starting with us. And now we're going to begin looking at what is ahead of us. So if you didn't listen to Tuesday's episode, definitely go check that out because It is a great episode about how to take care of yourself and set yourself up for success in your day because it's so important as dance teachers that we do give back to ourselves. Now that we have the ways to set ourselves up for success, it's time to set our students up for success. So today's episode is all about getting ready to prepare the space for our students and caring for them. And over the years, my mindset has shifted so much in how I teach. And I think for everyone, that's really important. You know, every year we grow and we grow in our dance. Same thing should happen in our teaching. And a huge part of what has changed for me is awareness of the students. When I started out, I was all about the work. What skills are we doing today? What new movements are we doing? You know, I want to get this in there, get that, put this in the choreography. Everything was about the movement. And I really didn't take that time to get into the person. You know, I was so focused on the physical movement that I wasn't even really seeing how my students were receiving it. Did they even find joy in what I was doing? Was I helping them to reach their goals that they had set? Or was it just the goals that I had set for them? You know, I strongly feel that dancers come to dance for the same reasons of why we teach it. They come to dance for the creative joy that it brings. For many of them, it's an outlet to let out their emotions through performance and more. And so it's so important to know and have both of those sides. Because I will say hard work, dedication, commitment, attentiveness to one's craft is incredibly important and are wonderful characteristics. But what I'm trying to say is we need to remember that these students are humans first. They are children first, depending on what age group you're teaching. Then they are dancers. And to get even further in the dancing, we need to establish trust and a respectful starting ground with the person. So going into this, I just want you to think about this as a situation. So think of a time where you were going into something new, or maybe it was even something familiar, but you felt uncertainty, wariness, distrust. And think about how your body feels with that. A lot of the times when we're feeling those feelings, we tighten up. 
or something sort of hold us back. We feel a discomfort. Something does not feel right. So now imagine you are that student walking in on the first day. Even if it is a returning student of many years, there's uncertainty and unknowing because you as the teacher know what the class is going to be doing that day, but they don't know. And so it's so important to first start off establishing an environment that is trusting and safe for these children, people, humans, whoever is entering your room, so that they can tap into the depths and the farthest reaches and ranges of their dance ability. Because if they even feel an ounce of that uncertainty or distrust, that is something that will physically start to hold them back from the things that you are expecting of them or the things that they are expecting of themselves. The body needs to know it's safe to go there. And that is where the true change lies. So ways that we can do this, ways that we can build trust in the classroom. It doesn't matter what subject of dance you're teaching. I think it is absolutely so important to connect to the dancer's mindset. For me, the moment that I did this, everything changed for me and my teaching became even more enjoyable than I could explain. And that is when I started teaching to the dancers body, mind, and soul. So this could look different for all different age groups, but as I mentioned, just like going into the school classroom, we're always setting up expectations and standards or rules to follow, but the same should apply in our dance classroom because in order to trust, we need to have a set of guidelines and a feeling of community within the space. I am so, so huge on mindfulness, and I feel if you have the ability to do any work in mindfulness or research, I think it could help any educator, again, regardless of what style you teach. Because, you know, if we're coming into ballet, okay, we're getting right into work. But we need to know that it's safe to get into that work. Contemporary, I feel like, has a little bit more leeway because we're exploring a lot within the space. And so we have that space and time to be able to explore that. But I really strongly feel that you can make this work in any subject of dance that you teach. So I'll go into some tips in a moment, but to begin, I just want to remind you of what this season is for that student and that person, because sometimes we forget this, but a lot of these students right now are going back to school. There's a lot of newness. There's a different energy. Maybe some of them had spent a lot of time with their family over the summer, and now they don't have that time as much with their family. They have different schedules. So it's so, so important to give them grace and patience through this change because I think we do expect a lot on day one. It's like, okay, here we are. Here's the new year. Here are your goals. We're getting to work right now. Let's go. But they're coming in from so much in the background that we need to keep that in mind. And I feel that over the years, I mean, that has definitely changed for me, but it's also eye-opening to me when people don't realize that. It's like, okay, leave it at the door. Leave the problems at the door. Don't worry about the homework and the hours and hours that you have ahead of yourself after dance tonight. But how can we say that? How can we say that to young, developing minds? Because they're learning. They don't know time management yet, but they're learning it and they're processing it. 
And it's also asking a lot of them to just turn off emotion. I mean, I don't think that I could even do that if I was feeling a strong emotion one way or the other. So it's important that when they enter the dance space, it's a place for them to feel comfortable enough to let it go without us forcing the leave it at the door type of feeling. So we need to make sure they feel safe in the space and some different ways that we can do this. So I'll start with like the very youngest age and I will honestly say that I don't spend a lot of time with the youngest dancers, but I will say that I have spent a lot of time over the years assisting my mentors in younger classrooms. And something that I noticed that is very helpful with the young um, young crew of dancers is to start class in a circle. Being all together in one area creates a sense of community. And those that are coming in that are nervous or are very shy can benefit from the circle because they know they're not alone. They know that they're with their peers of their age group. And it's a great way to just form community within a shape. Because in dance, you know, we're not speaking through our class, we're moving. And so making community also comes from how we're spaced out in the room as well. I also feel it's important when the dancers are comfortable to be able to have a space in the class when they use their voice. And I know it's hard because if you're going to ask a question to a group of young dancers, they're all going to want to speak. So maybe just asking a question that requires a short, concise answer, such as what is your favorite food? Or maybe only allowing certain volunteers in the group to answer that question for that week because they are all so eager to want to be heard and to want to be seen and having the opportunity to hear their voice can be so important. And we can use that information too later in the day or later in that class to motivate them further. Um, one, one thing that I loved as an exercise was when I was doing this reaching across the room and working through port I would say, imagine that your favorite food is across the other side of the room and you're reaching for it and you're scooping it out of the wall, pulling it up over your head and dropping it into your belly and things like that just kind of, and you could connect that what so-and-so's favorite food was, connect that, ooh, ice cream out of the wall. Because it's important to them and it makes them feel heard and it makes them feel more able and capable in the space. And so now working into maybe more of like the elementary age group, I think it's so important to begin improv um, as young as you can because improv is a place for them to self-express and to move. And it's so interesting to me, this is going to be another episode too, about how improv changes over the years from elementary up through high school and what happens because I find that in the young elementary level, we are so free. We're so free to move. I could give any prompt or topic and they just go for it. And then all of a sudden in middle school, something changes. We hold back a bit. And then in high school, we start to find it again. So those are just some things that I've seen in my personal teaching experience. But with that elementary level, we're maybe setting up the space. Now they are, a lot of them probably are in school. And so they know when they walk into the classroom or have their morning meeting that they have specific class goals or community guidelines that they have to help create that trust and safety in the space. And maybe that's something that you set up with your elementary students. Say, you know, on the first day you're coming into this classroom, 
And what can we do, all of us together, to create the safest and most trusting space we can and let them come up with the rules and use that also through your classes in the year to remind them, you know, we set the this together. I think, like I said before, a really big component of this is community. You're all in this together. We're working together. And so that's a really good way to do that. Um, For middle school and high school, I'll kind of group this together, but you can kind of cater it or gear it towards the age population differently if you want to. But for me, it's really important for me to connect to them, to tell them that I understand and I know all that is going on in the behind the scenes. And I really think that's important for them to know that you understand because that shows your empathy, your compassion for what they're going through in the sense of you're back to school now, you've got homework, you've got family stuff, you've got in-classroom dance stuff, all of that. I think it's important for for you to set that tone. And um, some things that really work for me is goal setting. And I'm actually going to talk about that in a couple episodes um, because I think it's really, really important for the students at that age level to be able to set their own goals for the year. I know that um, we set goals as teachers, but students, especially at that age, I mean, they're doing that in the classroom anyways at school. Uh, What goals do you have in this subject and that subject? You can do the same thing at dance. And I do it every year and it amazes me the things that the dancers come up with, and I actually have them write it down. You could do it on a piece of paper. You could create a Google form for them to fill out if you wanted like a template um, to explain what their goals are for this coming year. And I love that because then it shows me are their goals in alignment with the goals that I have or do I need to adjust? But I just think it's a great bit of information to have, to look alongside what do I want this year for my class? And what are my students expecting? So for me, in the middle and high school levels, goal setting is really important. Um, Other things that I do that help set the tone is meditation. I specifically do this in contemporary, but I feel you you could bring this into any subject. And within the meditations that we start each class with, I'm setting the tone for the goal that we have ahead of us. And by allowing us to get out of our minds and into our bodies, we're ready to move. Because let's be real, our heads and theirs are really where we're living. We're living in our heads. We're living in our thoughts. We aren't really dropping down into our bodies. And then we're expecting our bodies to move certain ways. It's just, I felt such a disconnect from that. So I really, really strongly believe that even if it's a a one-minute meditation, even standing, you don't have to be laying down. Stand, feet firmly planted in the floor, feeling all 10 toes. Feel the balls of your feet and your heels in the floor. You could even give postural cues. Maybe in ballet, this is how you set up. Give those postural notes. And then when we're in that body, go into the mind and say what it is that we are going to be having as our goal that day. Today we're working in alignment. What does alignment mean for you? And you can really take this in so many different ways. Now, if starting your class with meditation isn't necessarily something you're interested in, you could take that class topic and bring it into an improv exercise. You know, today today we're going to be working on feeling our arms from our back. Today we're going to be working, so it could be a physical goal. It could be um, an emotional goal. Today we're going to work on emoting our story through lyrics or through tones in the music. 
you can use improv also as a way to get that um, that trust and energy moving. And I will also say this because we need to set ground expectations for our improvs and for the space itself with this level. And I think it's so, so important that we try to create a non-judgmental zone, that we create an open and accepting zone. So just like we did with the younger elementary or yeah, the elementary age group, I think it would be important to do the same thing with our teens and our senior age group dancers, age 13 to 18, because when we are taking class, a lot of the time, they are judging. They're judging themselves. They are judging how they feel about how certain moves feel in their body. They're also watching others go across the floor. And maybe they're judging in a positive way, That's which is awesome. Maybe they're not judging in a positive way. And that energy can be felt by other dancers in the room. And I've seen that time and time again. So I think it's so important to remind them of what you expect in the space and, and and talk about energy, talk about how energy feels, even be open to it yourself, like be open and honest with the dancers about how does it make you feel when the class enters and a really low energy. And for me, I'm all about that authenticness. So if they're coming in low, let's talk about that. Are we going to stay low on our energy today? Or are we going to shift it? Because it's not about me. It's not about the teacher in that moment. It's about the students. It's about the collective whole of that class. So we can't expect them to turn off their emotion and flip on a happy switch, just like we can't. I mean, we can in a way, I think, but if we were to go into the classroom and we were in like a really low mood, we need to be able to turn it around and be on for our students. And that's hard for us as adults. So how are we expecting that of of younger students? I think it's really important that we are starting and acknowledging the class with compassion and with an open energy. So set the ground rules or expectations together and know that it's kind of almost like the class mission, that we are going to move with kindness in our minds, in our bodies, and for others, or any anything like that. It doesn't have to be this large set of rules, um, something that's just going to help set the tone. And kind of thinking on that too, you know, maybe instead of meditation, your your goal for the day could be turned into like a mantra form or a positive affirmation. So when you're talking about affirmation work, you could say, you know, I am strong, I am brave. If say if that was an affirmation we were working with, we could apply that into our class that day. With today, we're going to be working on being really strong in our bodies, being really strong in our movement, and then feeling that strength as we improv through the space, or as we move through the space, or go across the floor, or do our ending combination today in jazz. And we're moving courageously with that energy that we have. So I really feel there's there are so many ways that we can do this, and I'm hoping that in future episodes that I'll be able to dive deeper into these topics separately. But basically, today's episode is about setting the space, setting the tone. What are you going to create in your space for your students this year and with your students this year? Because as I mentioned before, it's not about us. And that was a huge change that I felt from being a younger teacher to now is I really felt like my lessons, it was all about what I had to bring, what I had to offer, what I was bringing into the space. And 
it wasn't until I turned it more student focused did I realize how to really teach to what was in front of me and to bring it and make it about them and make it about the students. I want to say quickly too that going back to the idea of meditation, if meditation is not something that you see in your style of dance as a way to set up, like for example, if you have a very high vibe, let's get going, high energy style class that you're about to teach, meditation might not be the best tool for you. So in that instance, I think even just going over the goals of the day could be enough and could be helpful because, you know, if you think about it, going back to that trust and uncertainty feeling that I was talking about in the beginning, these dancers coming in, they have no idea what they're about to do in the class that day, even though you know. So I always like to, at the beginning of classes, in general, any type of class, just going over what are we doing today? What is our focus? Because that also keeps them on track with what the focus of the day is. Another method that I really also like, if you're just looking to want to get moving, get into the body and just to connect in that way, is using Franklin method warm-ups such as tapping, brushing, sponging, shaking. I think just movement like that on the body brings the awareness of like, this is my body, this is my tool that I'm going to be dancing with, and that helps to really get you engaged and ready to go. And I know it's easy day one to just want to come in and start moving right away, but I think it's so important to set these expectations and to build this concept of a respectful space before we get into the movement. Because if we just go right into movement, there's not going to be any clarity on that. And when we create that safe space for the movement to develop, there is all of that potential there. Because as soon as you build this compassionate space, your learning could increase so much more dramatically because the dancers are going to feel important. They're going to feel seen and heard, and they are going to feel trusted and safe within the space. Just reflecting on how important it feels to have your voice seen and heard and appreciated And though we're not spending our dance classes talking or anything like that, there you can still feel seen and heard and appreciated through the movement, through the lessons, through the learning that is going on in the studio space. So just some things to think about as we head into the year. And for next week's episodes, we're going to still have this back to dance mindset. And next week's episodes are going to go more into syllabus building and icebreaker ideas for your first day back. So definitely, again, working in these ideas of getting back to dance. We've set ourselves up for success. We are setting the space and tone of our space up for success. And now we are going into the how and what is going into the movement. So I hope you will tune in next week. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have topic suggestions or any feedback, we'd love to hear it on our Instagram at Dance Teacher Pep Talk. Thank you all again so much. I hope you have a wonderful day and talk to you soon.